face-to-face, hand-to-hand, film-to-film. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Film to Film. Uh, we were gone last week, so that's because, you know, I'm a lazy asshole and I wanted a day off. Um, but we're back. My name is Iñaki. I'm here with my good friend, James Shurgan. Hey, yeah. James, how are you doing? Doing well, Iñaki. Yeah, no, we move. We had to uh, move our sound studio, our super high-tech sound studio, so that's why... Uh, we had the week off. You know, we upgraded it. I Spent, know. dropped, uh, you know, a couple K. Uh, upgraded it. Uh, Stevie, our audio guy, has uh, soundproofed it. Uh, so I think we're good to go now, right, Inyaki? I, I think so. I think so. And, uh, and you know, we, 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 we hired a second Nathaniel to uh, increase our Nathaniel moment. So now we got two Nathaniel <laughs> moments to make yeah. sure that we can catch all the plot holes. Yeah, they're kind of like a politic... Uh, uh, polyflack or whatever the fact checkers it's like nathaniel he's he's the pothole checker exactly exactly so you know welcome to this improved <laughs> <laughs> nah man i just i just move apartments but uh yes <laughs> uh no our quality our, our sound quality i think it's still not great uh no upgrades from my side but uh Anyways, James, have you been watching any films lately? Uh, yeah, a, a few. Uh, I've been watching, going back, watching some more uh, old 70s, 80s kung fu films, which are always a lot of fun, um, as well as uh, been catching up on some John Ford films. So I watched uh, Young Mr. Lincoln the other day, which is a uh, old classic about young Abraham. All right, right on, right on. Is that something we should discuss in the future, or is it just uh, a film you watched? Nope, we will not be discussing Young Mr. Lincoln uh, in the future on, on the film to film. We'll be, we'll be staying in uh, Italy uh, for at least the time being. Okay, when I okay, okay. I mean, but maybe in the far future, who knows? Yeah, maybe, maybe. thousandth episode, if we make it there, we'll do, <laughs> we'll do that film. That would be 20 years <laughs> of film to film. Or oh, no. No, no, it'd be more than that. It'd be 40 years. So, yeah, we, we might be falling over. <laughs> we we might be together in, in the senior home. We might be kind of like Robert De Niro where we're just like at the end of The Irishman where we're just like, just give me a window. <laughs> just give us a window room and we're going to record this thing. We we got three, we, three fans left because the other five died. And uh, we're going to record this for them. <laughs> I mean, Young Mr. Lincoln. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what was that movie about? I don't remember. I lost <laughs> the digital copy and we don't have the hologram for it. <laughs> All right. Well, I mean, I recently watched uh, the Pele documentary on Netflix. Uh, you know, that was, that was pretty uh, interesting if you like sports. Uh, and you know you're like, hey, that Pe- I've, I've heard of that Pele guy, uh, and you're like, sounds like he had it really easy. What, what hardships did he have? Eh, you could watch that. It's a little bit of a uh, subtitles, but I mean, you know, there's no Italian style dubbing in it, but uh, still a good watch. <laughs> All right, yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, for you football fans out there. Or soccer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, here in America. I mean, I mean that's most of our audience, right? Um, no, we have an international audience. And by that, I mean we have one person from each continent. <laughs> <laughs> well, excellent. Excellent. That's why we got uh, seven listeners. We got seven yeah. continents out there. It, exactly. And one person from Antarctica, too. <laughs> you know how hard it is to get someone from Antarctica? Very difficult. Hey, you know, uh, the, gov- the Chilean government, or the Chilean people were did the amazing feat to bring COVID-19 to Antarctica. Did they? Did they really? Yeah, they, yeah this is like uh, <laughs> four months ago. It was like, <laughs> COVID has been found in an Antar- Antarctic uh, base. It is the Chilean base. Of course. 
<laughs> and you're just like, how? How did this happen? <laughs> Fucking chillians, dude. Um, <laughs> anyways. So, speaking of that, speaking of, I mean, I, I don't have a good segue. So, yeah, this week we uh, we watched a horror film. Uh, this was my pick. And I decided to go into a Spanish-speaking film, or Spanish-language film, this time from Guatemala. Have you ever watched a Guatemalan film before? I want to say no, but I'm not 100% positive. Yeah, I don't think, I, don't think I have. Um... Like I've seen Colombian, Peruvians, even Bolivian films, but I don't think I've ever seen a, a Guatemalan film. Um, hmm. Interesting. So, yeah, this is my first film. Uh, and the film is called La Llorona, not to be confused with the American film The Curse of La Llorona, both from 2019. Which one did you watch, James? Oh, oh, it wasn't the American one? Uh, no, I watched the uh, one on Shutter, which is the uh, Guatemalan one, so. All right, excellent, excellent. Yeah, I, I was afraid that uh, we, we end up talking about two separate films, one being in <laughs> the uh, Conjuring uh, Extended Universe, the, while the other one being in, you know, Guatemalan universe. Yeah, yeah, like about politics and all that stuff. Pretty different films from my understanding, uh, not having seen the Conjuring one. <laughs> so yes, uh, this movie is uh, was directed by uh, Jairo Bustamante, uh, Guatemalan director. He also directed Ex Canul back in 2015 and Tremors also in the same year, 2019. Uh, he also wrote this film and the music was done by Pascual Reyes. Um, before I ask you what you thought about the film, I'm going to say a quick IMDb plot summary, and you tell me what you think. All right. An aging, paranoid war criminal, protected by his faithful wife, faces death while being haunted by the ghost of his past. Uh, that's accurate. Probably says a little bit too much, but you know. I think that's accurate. It is, but it it, it says a little bit too much. But I, it's a little bit poetic because you could view it as you know that the ghost is. Yeah, you know. I mean it's also not a really twist-driven film too. So you know what, I'm pretty much fine with it. It probably says like five percent more than I would have preferred, but you know I th I think it's fine. So what were your thoughts about uh, the film? I thought it was a very well-made film. Um, you know, I don't think it's a truly great film, uh, but I thought uh, a lot of the production value, um, the lighting, um, just the feel of it, uh, I thought it was, it was quite quite good and uh, fairly engaging. Um, not not too long either, so I, I appreciate the sort of short runtime. And I felt like it sort of felt like a mix between sort of a horror film as well as something um, artier. I, I feel like this is the sort of... Um, horror film that probably plays pretty well to a festival crowd um yeah so those are my thoughts oh. yeah no no I, I agree i think uh the the movie has i mean plot wise the movie is extremely simple it's a very it's a very simple small film uh plot wise but it has a lot of uh abstract imagery that you know uh brings more into it also, it is probably one of the better retellings in film of the uh, folklore La Llorona. So, oh, okay. I mean, I mean, not that I've seen a lot. I've actually only seen like some Mexican like TV show, like you know, doing like attempting it, like like in from the nineties, and that was not very good. Uh, the Conjuring version of this apparently is very bad. Um, so, I mean. In the context of the, the, the different iterations that this has been made from, uh, this one is probably one of the more one of the better ones and one of the more interesting ones. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, later I will dive into the the actual folklore of like John. Okay, like sounds good. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that because I think that's something you're probably familiar with that I'm not necessarily. I mean, to be honest, not that much. No, I mean, mm -hmm. not that familiar. It is uh, a more common. Uh, 
screw it. I'll jump into it now uh, because it's not that long. Uh, I mean, uh, the, the the folklore itself is about a woman who finds her husband cheating on her, so she drowns she drowns, uh, drowns her children in a river, and then after realizing that that was fucked up, she regrets it and drowns her soul. Uh, and then you know, afterwards, her spirit just roams around towns in the middle of nowhere, uh, or um, people. Uh, wailing for the loss of her children. Uh, that is the most popular version of the folk the folk story, uh, which is uh, mainly like told in in Mexico, Central America, and like you know parts of the southern United States. Um, in but I mean there are different iterations of the same story. Like uh, in Chile, it's more about a uh, a woman named Pukulen or Pukuyen, who whose children were killed while she was holding them, uh, and then she died. And I think you know it's a similar story. Uh, then, in short, it's like if you see if you see uh, and La Llorona means the whipping woman or the wailing woman. Uh, if you see her, you're kind of fucked. Mm-hmm. That's like. <laughs> You know, like many of the ghost stories, right? It's like, oh, if you see this ghost, uh, you, you might be fucked. And right. it's not like that she's going to kill you. So, you know, but 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 it's just a bad omen uh, to be in, in her presence. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you huh. know, like... Okay. Do, do, so, a question. Do you think uh, the viewers of this film would be familiar with that? Like, is that something that I should know? Like, I, I was totally unaware of that sort of folklore to it uh, coming into the film. Uh, I think because this is from Guatemala, which is, you know, Central America, uh, mm-hmm. probably they will be aware of the of, of the of the folk story. And I mean, it, it, at the credits, the, the first song that comes out is a song, is, uh, I think, uh, a ballad of La Llorona. That is like a, a folk song. Got it. Uh, so I mean, it is kind of known I mean, in Latin America. It's a, it's very well known by name. I'll say that. Like let's like for example, I heard of La Llorona when I, since I was a little kid. But it's not a commonly like the when I gave you the Chilean version like. That's only in the in southern Chile, and they're not even called like La Llorona. They call it Pukuyen, meaning like they're not even using the, the name La Llorona. But uh, but there is a similarity to to it, which is why the, which I found in Wikipedia the Spanish version. <laughs> uh, but I mean, be, but because uh, the culture of Mexico is so prevalent in the rest of Latin America due mm-hmm. to, you know, it being a huge country and... Proximity the, and stuff. Well, but not so much proximity. I mean, like, Chile and Mexico are super far away, but it's more on the concept of... Uh, um, Mexico is a very large country with a very large industry, especially in translation of mm-hmm. films and other things. So, or and even, like, it, had, it has a huge film industry and TV show industry. So, like... You're bound to hear about La Llorona one way or another. Is there some equivalent that, like, people that are uh, less in the, uh, like, uh, Spanish-speaking uh, American Americas uh, would be would know? Is there, like, something you could compare it to? Uh, yeah, in Europe, uh, there are... Um... There are other similar uh, folk stories... Uh, of a woman wearing white while crying and walking around villages. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you, I mean, you, you got other legends. I mean, this one, from what it's believed, is a legend. Uh, it's mainly based from... Um, it's believed that it's, it comes from... Uh, from... <clears throat> Sorry. Uh, 
like the native native uh, the natives of North North America, uh, like some there there's big there it believes that it's, like some people think that it might be from you know pre-Columbian cultures like the Aztecs etc. and that they came from them, uh, but in Europe there are uh, other versions of you know like a lady in white that cries. okay gotcha yeah. gotcha that makes sense uh-huh. so I mean. It's it's kind of one of, one of those things like the the Great Flood, you know, the Noah's Ark, mm-hmm. on how you got there are different versions of the same shit like all around the world, because probably okay, all around the world there was at some moment a big rain that drowned a whole bunch of people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, flash flood. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, that, that that's the kind of stuff I'm talking about. Um. But uh, but but it co- being called La Llorona, it's mainly from North America. By by that I mean like Spanish speaking North America, North and okay. Central America. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, and that's the, the thing I like about one thing I do do like about this film is you know coming into it uh, and in my side like knowing about the folk story, I thought it was going to be more about the threat of La Llorona onto the people but actually she is sort of you know uh, she doesn't kill anyone no yeah no. Uh, you know she she herself is is, is a victim on uh, I mean on, on a very sympathetic character yeah exactly I mean it's more of a it's not even necessarily a revenge tale but I mean it kind of ends up playing out somewhat like that in a way well i mean it, it does end up with a cue for maybe a sequel <laughs> sure that sure sure could be a revenge a, a revenge like series mm-hmm. uh although it would be really silly it would be a strange series like la llorona 2 general the second general gets killed <laughs> you, you do like 10 of them <laughs> yeah because i mean like when it comes to uh when it comes to body counts, this movie from the from the ghost has zero body counts. Although there are yeah. really high body counts from the ghost's victim. Yeah. So, anyways, um, yeah. So going into the the artistic elements you were mentioning, I one thing I love about this movie is the framing. Uh, that's something you do get from, I mean, the the very opening scene. Right. Uh, you know, you get the wife, uh, the <clears throat> uh, you get Carmen, who is uh, the daughter, who is the the former dictator's wife. Oh, right, oh yeah, with yeah, her yeah, family, right. like mm-hmm. Carmen, Natalia, uh, Sarah. They're all praying for for his trial. As the camera is uh, panning away, and uh, it's just a very—it's a very powerful scene because you—you you have all this uh, white people. I mean, there's a little racial element into it, right? Yeah, I mean, a big racial element, I'd say. I mean, even I picked up on that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. You know, you have these white women like praying while almost crying uh, for this general, and then you're learning like, oh yeah, this guy is being accused for genocide. Yeah. Um, so, you know, uh, I do like those framings where it usually starts off with a very personal and pulls off. And that, and that happens m- multiple times. You know, um, I mean, be- besides that, you know, the, you, you got like some good music coming into it. What, you know, like, what are things, scene- scenes for you that were kind of. Um, like we're striking yeah i mean there's those that you mentioned like those in like the big open spaces i feel like for me i sort of categorize them in two categories both of which are well done it's sort of like the more public places so we think about like the general trial and then we also see uh the wife and the daughter discussing the trial afterwards after he's found guilty um, in sort of like a big auditorium space um and it just makes these big vast spaces um 
sometimes when you're looking down on those crowds too, we see like the family that they're above it, but see all the protesters and stuff like that. I like those shots. And then right. the second type I would say is sort of like the really moody lighting at night, uh, like wandering around those corridors. We have a couple shots of the general or uh, the dictator uh, wandering around um, and uh, and like hearing the wailing and uh, getting uh, having like a gun and stuff like that. So that's like sort of a constant thing that does happen uh, throughout yeah. the film too. And I think those are all well lit. I mean, I think it's in terms of like the lighting and the framing, I think those things are both uh, quite excellent uh, throughout the film. Uh huh. No, for sure, for sure. Uh, and the other thing, you know, is that at times the film uh, feels a little bit claustrophobic. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know if that felt, felt to you. It, I agree. If, yeah. If, in fact, <laughs> what like when, when thinking about it, the first time I watched this movie, I, it was. Uh, a nighttime and uh you know i didn't think much of it um when it comes to certain the concept of framing but the, the, the second time watching it was during daytime beautiful day outside and um and you know i'm watching and, and like how the characters are sort of all the characters after the trial they're all stuck in the house because there's a massive protest outside the house that is somewhat violent sometimes you, you don't know if it's going to turn violent. Mm -hmm. um, so all the main characters are stuck inside this mansion. So even though the mansion or it is like large, it is it does feel claustrophobic. Uh, and there is some, some juxtaposition there where you you have these beautiful sceneries in in that in the in the house's garden. You know you hear the the birds and the animals around. But in the background, you always have the droning, the the, the, the sounds of, of the protest, that they're just nonstop, you know, like yelling murder or you know, uh, right. or justice or all that. Yeah, stuff. yeah, yeah. And, and I mean, like that also reminds me. It's like not even just the house. I totally agree about the claustrophobic bit, um, but also when like they're in the ambulance heading home, uh -huh. it's like they're like talking about it, and then we like hear stuff outside. So like oh they're being pretty rowdy out there uh we should be careful uh and stuff like that and then they go out into the crowd and stuff and then we see how hectic um it actually is um but yeah i mean like just i mean the constant drone of stuff i mean it plays well into the themes of sort of like the uh the dead ghosts and coming back to basically haunt uh the family uh in a certain way uh -huh. Spe specifically the general yeah no I'm, i mean they, they haunt everyone a little bit Mm -hmm. Except for Sarah, I think Sarah's like the the only one who. That's uh, the granddaughter. She's the only one who is like unscathed. She gets shot though. She she gets shot by the general by her grandpa. Yeah, yeah such a nice grandpa. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I'm glad I don't have a genocidal grandpa. <laughs> All right, I, I'm gonna go into a tangent, and I apologize to. Uh, uh, folks listening uh you know i'm chilean and when i was in elementary school in chile i went to a private school and um one of my classmates was augusto pinochet's granddaughter like literally <laughs> and uh it i, I actually never met the man but uh, it was always interesting to to sort of know that, like when the dude was uh, in imprisoned in England in 1998, uh, this girl you know was crying because her grandpa was being locked unjustly locked down. Also, the school I was going to was super fascist, so I mean, like there was literally an assembly to you know almost for prayer for Pinochet. And uh, <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> uh, yeah, I know, I know, I know, it's ridiculous. Um, and like many years later, I met up with someone from that school who also moved to the United States. And unlike this other person, I was, I always knew that Pinochet was a bad guy. I mean, uh, because my, I mean, my family was neg negatively affected. My dad like was blacklisted from schools and shit like that because of it. Uh, and I mean, that was the minimum, but like they were harassed too by the cops. But like, uh, this other person, no, she the other person went came from like a wealthy background and 
you know, Mark, to her, more, you know, to hit to her, Pinochet was, you know, her one of her best friends' grandfather. And then when moving to the States and like learning how the world views this man, it's like, oh my God, this sweet old nice grandpa looking figure, well, you know, murdered like thousands of people. And I would have tea with him. It is like, and this film kind of has that, like a little bit. Yeah, right? no, no, no. I mean, that's one of the things about this film that makes you feel just kind of gross about it is like, we we kind of know that he's guilty. I mean, like, that's the assumption I made throughout the film and it was never really disproved. Uh, I mean, like, you don't go on trial for genocide for nothing, usually. Um, and uh, And it's like, the characters around him, I mean, that makes him a very unsympathetic figure. Uh, yeah. just period um but the characters around him like watching them wrestle with that and like seeing their relationship with him both his daughter his wife um uh it's interesting yeah it's interesting yeah no it's uh i mean what i do find in what i think would have made this movie even more interesting or complex is if they had made him look more like a grandpa like, uh, you know, like, oh, grandpa kind of character. Because, I mean, he's, his personality was douchey. Yeah, I mean, like, he is an asshole. I mean, just all the way through. And he's, yeah. like, shooting people. He's, like, a, a threat to people. He's, like, cheated on her. Yeah, he, I mean, like, he doesn't, they don't do the complicated thing where they make him really nice. But he's actually guilty of genocide. Um, he's, he, he, he's an asshole. Because, I mean, I, I feel like that would have made the movie even better, right? Like, like, change, in fact, change nothing else. I mean, even even him accidentally shooting his wife, like, well, uh, not shooting his wife, right? almost shooting his wife. No, no, that, that would be dumb. No, like, yeah, make him less of an asshole. Uh, you <clears throat> know, uh, and uh, because... Like there are moments where, like there, there, there are some elements in the movie, especially in the dialogue, where you had like the granddaughter talking to the daughter, the, the general's daughter, and being like, "Hey, so why does people hate grandpa?" And the daughter's like, "Do people in your school hate grandpa?" She's like, "No, no, no." It's just like I saw it uh, online, like, I think Instagram or something like that. Um, and uh. And, and yeah, like, you know, it, it's one of those moments, like, that would have been even more interesting to explore. Again, I actually personally really like this movie, but I think it would have been even more interesting to see uh, them exploring that. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I think that's one of the things that I actually complain about this movie is I wish it tried to do just a couple more things. Um, it's a very simple movie, and I think it works for the most part, uh, but I, I, I think I'm on board with just wishing they would try a little bit more to explore a few different avenues like that. Because I think you're right. I think that is a really interesting thing uh, to, to explore, um, just sort of like how they wrestle with these things with sort of like the outside world. It touches on them, but it doesn't really like really deeply explore them in any significant way. Right, exactly. And, and it would be even more powerful than, you know, uh, the dream sequences uh, mm -hmm. of, of, you know, the wife. Which, I mean, in my opinion, those are very powerful scenes. Uh, and, I mean, before, I'm going to backtrack a little bit here, but uh, one of the things I loved about this movie was the use of language. You know, you, you, you got... I mean, the movie's from Guatemala. You know, it's going to be in Spanish mainly, but then uh, all the all the servants who are native, because I mean, the main character, the 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 family itself, they're all white, but the servants are all native, and they're all talking uh, uh, this Mayan dialect. Uh, well, isn't the granddaughter uh, part Mayan? You know, that's a good question. I I that's sort of ambiguous. Is she? I thought she looked enough like it and the references to her father being absent, I thought it was hinted at significantly. So I, I, I actually became to assume it at the end, but I, 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 I guess I could be wrong. I don't know. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I don't know. It, those, are, those are one of those uh, questions, right? Like, um, cause I mean, 
most uh there are very few like fully white Latin Americans. What uh, what I mean by that is that most Latin Americans are mestizos. Uh, like, mm-hmm. like I mean, like uh, I look white, which is mixed, right? Yeah, mestizo. Yeah, mixed. Yeah. yeah, like I mean, like un- unless you are like literally a-, a child of an immigrant or your grandpa was an immigrant, like if you are from a prominent, uh, historically Spanish family from Latin America, there's probably some native in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, because just like in the U.S., you know, like. You got some, uh, you know, there there were some bad deeds in the past of the colonizers. Right, right. Um, That makes sense. Um, So let me ask you then. Uh, So the general, the general's wife, are they supposed to be mestizo or are they supposed to be full white? I mean, like, that's the whole point. That's that's the concept. Like that. this, this, um, This is an interesting conversation. They're white, quote unquote. I'm I'm doing air quotes right now, but they're white in the sense that, like, you know, they look white. They're, they're white. Uh-huh. However, I mean, I was responding more on, on your on your comment that the daughter kind of looked a little bit native. Uh-huh. I mean, the, the the granddaughter, and and you know maybe, but the, it is heavily possible that, you know, she is from quote unquote white parents. Okay, I see. Where where it's like technically like the general and and technically everyone in the film might be mestizo or the white passing characters might be mestizo, but they might have. Uh, okay, I see. Yeah, I, I think I understand what you're saying. Yeah, it's like you know if. Uh, yeah, like. Yeah. You have mixed right. blood, and sometimes certain blood comes to the forefront, and other times other blood comes to the forefront. Right. Other so DNA. that's why I. So basically what I'm trying to say is I made no assumptions. Okay, fair. Because because the because there is that possibility. I made no assumptions. Although I did I did think that he could have been native or he could have been a uh he could have been left wing. Okay. Right? Because mm-hmm. there there are two issues in the film. Uh basically and, I mean, I guess now I'm going to have to jump a little bit into Guatemalan, Guatemalan history, which I do not know very much about. Uh, but, <laughs> but uh, I mean, you know, the, the U.S. Uh, fostered a bunch of military governments everywhere in Latin America. Thank you, Uncle Sam. And uh, there were many of them fostered by, in order to defeat communism. One of them uh-huh. was in Guatemala, and I mean, uh, the, the character Enrique Monteverde, who is fictional, is based on, at least according to Wikipedia, is based on Efrain Rios Mont, uh, who was like a short-time dictator, but also a general during the, I mean, he, he basically was like, became a dictator after a coup, uh, and also a general, and participated during the Guatemalan Civil War, which was super long. Uh, and during his period of power, and probably afterwards, it happened as well. Um, in that civil war, there was a lot of indiscriminate killing of natives. Okay. Hmm. Okay. So, I mean, like that story you told, I mean, sadly, that could apply to pretty closely to a number of countries in Latin America, including to Chile, which you were just talking about. Right. So, interesting. Mm-hmm. Right. Exactly. I mean, uh, I mean, with Chile, wouldn't, it wouldn't be the, the native part would not be the issue, uh, because during Pinochet's government, there was no indiscriminate killing of natives. There was just mm-hmm. indiscriminate killing of left-wing people. Okay. So, uh, and I mean like that, I, I think, uh, at least, the key difference, right? Like in Guatemala, there was sort, there was ethnic cleansing. Uh, I see. Like a third of uh, people of Mayan heritage were killed. wiped out. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So pretty pretty horrific. Yeah. And and what time frame are we talking? Like eighties, I'm guessing seventies, eighties. Okay, eighties. So yeah. thank you, uh, Ronald. 
Yeah, with Guatemala, it was Ronald Reagan. That's true. Yeah. With, uh, with Chile, it was uh, Nixon. <laughs> Tricky dick. Yeah, but uh, but again, like, yeah, the, the, this, that, that, that's a part where, you know, they're different, right? Like, in uh, the, the race component was not nearly as strong as it was in Guatemala. Because, I mean, Latin America okay. is super racist, too, like, t- normally. Mm-hmm. I mean, just like the U.S., there's some white supremacy. Uh huh. Okay. Um. Anyways, so lots of tangents about history. Uh, and, I mean, uh, it's a, it's a it is essential to this film. So I mean, I I think it's a worthwhile tangent to jump into. I mean, that's true. Our 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 South America uh, watcher is like, okay, get on with it. I know all this already. But the other six continents, including Antarctica, unless they're one of the COVID people from Chile. Uh, they are, uh, they are, uh, they, they want to know this history, man. Well, no, for sure. And I mean, like, to be honest, again, I had to look up this history too, because I, I, I mean, I figured they were, they had a dictator, but I didn't know what they did. So, I mean, to learn about like their like super long civil war, and to learn about, you know, the killing of tons of natives. Well, that's new. Um, I hope they're still not doing it. Uh, and then, yeah, the other thing again this was also heavily inspired because he was also he also was able to he was convicted and then that conviction was overturned by higher courts for the crime oh wow okay so very similar in that sense it was on the nose i mean (laughs) yeah 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 um very on the nose um i mean i did at least got convicted pinochet did not even get that so yeah uh, I mean, yeah, sure, it was overturned, but I mean, at least Guatemala's justice tried to do, justice system tried to do something. Uh, now nah, that's a tangent, uh, uh, an opinionated tangent. That's another podcast. That's a, yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, anyways, uh, back to you know, what, one of the things going back to the the, the what uh, we were talking about before. One of the things I really liked about this movie was the the use of language, right? Um, where you had um, you had all the white characters speaking Spanish, and then all the native characters speaking, you know, this Catchiquel. Uh, I'm not sure how to pronounce that, but uh, that, I think that's the name of the language according to the subtitles on the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I I like that. I also and why I liked it is because it really played into the dream sequences. Uh, I mean, what were your thoughts actually about the the dream sequences? Um, I'm generally not a huge dream sequence fan. I think they were probably necessary here. I thought they were well done. Uh, I don't know. I don't have huge thoughts on them uh, as far as like versus any other scene. But yeah, I mean... It seems like it was kind of interesting because a lot of them were done through the um, through the wife's perspective. So I right. thought that was an interesting choice, um, and just sort of uh, reframing it in that way where she's reliving um, the stuff from Alma's point of view, um, which is an interesting way to do it. Um, mm-hmm. That's probably the most interesting choice that the director did in terms of the dream sequences. Um, I mean. I kind of, just because I've seen so many films, I kind of had a feeling of which direction it was going, even though I'm totally unfamiliar with the, the La Llorona. Uh, so it was, uh, yeah, yeah, those are kind of my basic thoughts. Right, no, and, and exactly, I, I, I agree. I think, so, you know, stepping back and going back to the things that could have made the movie more powerful or not, I think the fact that it was in the dream sequences, uh, it was uh, the wife taking over the body, if you will, of um, Alma, who is, you know, uh, our ghost, and her reliving Alma's story makes it particularly powerful in that uh, not only does she leave it in, like, in her protecting the children that will die will be you know brutally uh, murdered by being drowned but also she's speaking the native language um i don't know if uh you could catch that while watch uh 
Uh, when I I caught a little bit. I don't think I caught everything. If okay. I'm being honest, yeah. Right. So in all the scene, in all the dream sequences, when she's speaking, she's speaking the native language. Mm-hmm. So that made it powerful in the sense that this woman, before all those dream sequences, she is kind of an asshole. Yeah. Yeah. You know, she's not asshole number one, but she's asshole number two. Yeah, like you know, after the after the trial, uh, you have all the scenes where you know after the trial you had all the witnesses who were former victims talking about how they were raped, how their family members were killed by the military, and all that stuff. And then you know, in that conversation, uh, she was just like, "Wow, you're you're really gonna believe those prostitutes?" Yeah, she's like, they're just all sluts. I yeah, mean, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I mean, it's it's pretty horrific what she says. I mean, and the way she justifies it. Yeah, and uh, you know, uh, like even in the moment where she basically discloses that uh, they're made, um, but, uh, but, yeah, they're made. Valeriana is probably uh, Natalia's half sister, and she's like. She's like, yeah, your poor father, you know, like, God, uh, God tests the greatest man <laughs> in the greatest manners. And, and like, this woman treats Valeriana as a maid. And, you know, everyone treats her as a maid. And, and, yeah, she's the fucking maid, but she's part of the fucking family, like, literally. <laughs> yeah, 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 she's a sister, right? So, I mean, and... So what makes the, in my opinion, I think the dream sequences, what's powerful about them and and why I actually like them is, I agree, normally dream sequences tend to be cliche, but the fact that she embodies the native woman to the point that she's speaking her language and she's killed literally because she doesn't understand when the, when the soldiers are asking her about, you know, like, they're like, oh, where are the, you know, the terrorists? And she's like, what are you saying? I don't understand. We're going to join your kids. I don't understand. And then they kill her children. Like that makes it, you know, extra powerful because at the end, uh, you know, she, by living uh, uh, Alma's, you know, sorrow, sorrows, she ends up, ki- ends up killing the dictator. Mm-hmm. Um. I almost want to know what happens afterwards. Yeah, yeah. I guess we don't know totally what happens to her, do we? I mean, she's in the funeral. You see her from the back. So, assumedly, she's fine. Maybe they just were able to pass off the strangulation. Yeah. I mean... I don't know. I mean, I I think... What's that? I I think I hear Nathaniel calling. (laughs) I, I think he wants to know what happened. Do you have an think, answer for Nathaniel? I think there's a plot hole here. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's, it's one of our. Uh, is this our main Nathaniel or our second Nathaniel? Or is it? I think it's our Nathaniel? main. I think it's our main Nathaniel. Okay, gotcha. Um, no, I I think, I, I mean, I think. There could be an explanation. This is giving, you know, reading for the film. But I mean, you know, film doesn't have to tell you everything. Uh, there is, I mean, screw it. Let's jump into the uh, the final scene, right? I'm really just going to say, like, the, the final scene is, the, the, or the final night, because each night there's something going on. Okay. But on Not the, the urinal. Huh? Not the urinal. Not the urinal, right? No, the, okay. the final night. Okay, fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. The, the night where you know, there's a lot of little set pieces that are, are put in place. I mean, throughout the movie, they tell you how the 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 granddaughter is practicing how to to hold her breath underwater, and Alma, who is you know the ghost, is teaching her. Um. Also, little by little, they tell you that the ghosts are around the protesters, right? So, I mean, all those set pieces are, are set in place. And they also tell you that the old man is, is you know, likes to shoot at people at night. 
Uh, <laughs> we set it up one way or another. <laughs> um, and so in the in the final night, with all that said, the the granddaughter goes into a swimming pool. First, steals the oxygen from the grandpa, goes into the swimming pool, and then holds her breath underwater as much as she can. And that wakes up the guard, who is the only person not in the family in that house. As the guard goes to check what's going on, the ghost children, the children of La Llorona, guide him somewhere. We don't know where he goes. So maybe that's body count number two. Maybe he was killed as well. But the dude goes away. He's not there. Yeah, wait. so we don't know what happens with him. We don't know what happens with him, no. But what we do know is that he would have been the only witness who cares about the killing of the old man. Mm. Mm, I see, I see. So my thoughts are the man disappears. Then you have the family. The, the daughter, uh, Natalia, she already kind of hates the old guy. I think she believes that he might be, he might be involved in the disappearance of her husband. She, she, yeah, she clearly suspects it. Yeah. So, so the daughter doesn't really care about her dad. The wife literally lived the fucking pain of one of the dad's built victims. Plus he keeps shooting at her. Plus he keeps shooting at her. The granddaughter, well, the grandpa literally shot at her. So the only person who actually cared about him is Valeriana. (laughs) Yeah. The native maid who also may or may not be his daughter. Um, But also Valeriana is extremely loyal to the entire family. So, all right. I I think basically just they they all chose to shut the fuck up and that's the end of it. Yeah, no, I think that makes sense. I mean, I guess it's a mystery what happened to the guard, but I never assumed he died, but that could make sense one way or the other. I guess it doesn't really matter. But yeah, I mean, I guess they just shushed up and came up with some story. I mean, in the end, I don't know that it really matters for the story they're trying to tell. So I, don't, I actually don't mind. Uh, so despite your, I hear you, Nathaniel. I hear what you're saying. I, I don't personally mind that they didn't cover what actually happened uh, in terms of like justice being done for the general dying. Right. No, no, yeah, exactly. Um, now, let's let's talk about the uh, Alma, the main character. What were your thoughts about her? I mean, uh, not the main character, but like the, the ghost, if you will. Yeah, I mean, she has very, very few lines of dialogue. I think she does a good job of just like having really strong presence with just like her eyes and her face and the director does a good job of just like showcasing her mm-hmm. everything she does is she moves slowly i'll uh, i think for me one of the most memorable images is uh after she goes to bed on that first night with valeriana she comes down and like her head's like her hair swings down and stuff and she's watching valeriana and then it transitions to the swimming pool yeah uh really really like that shot i thought that was really cool um so yeah, I mean, I think she does a good job as does a lot of cast. Of, this is not like, this is not like a Woody Allen or a Robert Altman film with like a ton of dialogue. Um, it does a good job just telling the story visually um, with good visual presences uh, of all the characters, and I think Alma is probably the most um, uh, visual of those, just because she has so few lines of dialogue. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Um, I think uh, the actress does a really good job because. With her few lines, you do you do get her personality really well. Like, she's very young. Uh, general speaking, she always seems a little bit sad. And uh, mm-hmm. yeah, the scene where she goes down with her hair first, I think it was very reminiscent to uh, you know some Japanese horrors. Like yeah, yeah. Sadako in uh, Ringu. Uh, or some right, hair yeah. in ring. She has that black hair too, so yeah, the black long helps. hair. Because it's also yeah. really long, and she's also a fucking ghost. So I mean, that that helps matters too. Exactly, exactly. Uh, and her flowy uh, uh, white dress. Um, but so so you got you got her presence, and I think that's the director. But uh, the way she acts, I mean, like whenever she's not doing anything, she kind of looks sad. But when she's playing with the granddaughter, 
uh, you know, she seems, she's very personable with the granddaughter. They're having fun. They're laughing. And again, like she's really young. So it, it really, you can really see, I, I think she does a really good job actually uh, portraying this very young person who went through really hard, like huge hardship, but that you can see the inner child in her when she's playing with a granddaughter. Right. And I think it was also an interesting choice that they don't have, uh, they don't have like Alma really give that speech or anything like that. They convey it through both the visual means, like I said, and I think the way they show that she had two kids and they both died is they literally have the daughter tell that to her mom, um, Mm -hmm. or the granddaughter tell that to, uh, the, her mother figure. Um, and that's how we know. So they do it very subtly in a way that's not terribly melodramatic. So I think I, I like how that was done as well yeah no it's uh, it's a lot of uh, show not tell kind of movie and in that sense you know, that always gets gets a check mark in my my view same here same here um, and I don't know and I do like how uh, there are moments where it almost seems like she's tempting uh, the uh, general in a sensual way but at the end of the day, it's more, she's not really tempting him. Uh, you know, she's just kind of be, being herself and is just general being an old, dirty bastard. Um, it is kind of weird how in the movie they show him with a boner. <laughs> wow. <laughs> true, true. <laughs> I don't have anything to add to that. <laughs> Yeah, it was something I was not expecting. Yeah, and this and, and on that note, this film to film episode is brought to you by Cialis. <laughs> oh, I didn't tell you we have our first sponsor. Just kidding. Oh, Go ahead. shit. Okay. <laughs> we got sponsored by Cialis. They, <laughs> they won the bidding war over uh, Viagra. So, you know. <laughs> for our five, here for on film to film. Our five listeners are the target audience of that <laughs> Um, um, one thing, this movie, I do think that there is a little bit of humor hidden in the dialogue. Not a lot. Um, I mean, I guess more, more than humor is that there were moments where I thought it was funny, like the, in the ambulance scene that you were mentioning before. It's like a very suspenseful scene because you're you're enclosed in this very like small space, and they keep them like saying like, you know, hundred meters, fifty meters, blah blah blah, as they're getting closer, and you know the protesters are banging uh, on the on the ambulance, but when they first encounter protesters, uh, like the guard is like, oh, she's like he's like, they're like what what is that? And he's like oh no, they're just peaceful protesters, and then they're just hitting the ambulance really hard. Um, yeah, one of yeah. the uh, police officers is like, they don't sound too peaceful to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, and then they open it and like immediately like this thing of animal blood gets hurled at them. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I thought that was really well done. I, I like that bit too. And I like how it showed uh, too. It's like you hear it, you feel the presence, and then, then you finally see it. It's a really good build up. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, I also like how... Uh, the movie, you know, the Alma character without talking is able to connect almost everyone with uh, almost like turn everyone against the, the old man a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like she has a very small conversation with uh, the daughter about husbands. Mm-hmm. And that I think, you know, plants a seed for the daughter to think, yeah, what the fuck happened to my husband? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I. I guess. I guess the last thing I could mention for this movie is the soundtrack. You know, I think it's it's simple, but uh, but very good at setting the mood. Mm-hmm. In moments. Do you have any any thoughts on it? Uh. 
Yeah, I, I'm not hearing it in my head right now. I don't remember it super well, but I, I do agree. My memory of it is it kind of is good at setting that sort of moody, paranoid tone. I feel like they utilized it mainly sort of in the nighttime scenes when we're working in like lower light situations, mm -hmm. um, like people wandering around the corridor and stuff like that. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And I think they used it a couple of times during uh, prayers, which this mm -hmm. this film has three main main pray, praying scenes, right? Like you mm -hmm. got you got the beginning, and you do have a little bit of the like that droning sound of the soundtrack. Mm -hmm. You got, um, in my opinion, one of the more striking scenes where it's instead of a Christian prayer, it's like this native prayer for the man. After they find the mold, and uh, and like uh, Valeriana is like, oh, you're probably being cursed. So she kind of does a prayer, and as she's doing that, there is a little bit of that. And this is not just soundtrack, but sound design. All of a sudden, everything is quiet, and then you have all the protesters just staring. No one is saying a thing. That's a powerful moment. So it's the lack of use of sound. Mm -hmm. And then you have the the final where they're doing the ritual to not get killed by the ghost, which even then Balearna is like the general might have done some really shitty things, but we are all innocent, <laughs> <laughs> you know. And, uh, and then his wife chokes him. Um, I think those are two moments where the music is used pretty, like the the use of sound, not just music but sound design, it makes a powerful. Yeah, I, this is one of those films where you can just tell that every shot and all the sound design, a lot of thought was put into it. It was very well pre-planned. This is not a film where they're just like, all right, first day of shooting, let's go, point and shoot. Um, it's clear that like the director and the cinematographer and the editor and everyone who made this film thought about the visual style that they wanted to do and, uh, and did a good job of executing in terms of bringing it there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, do you have any other scenes or thoughts you wanted to talk about? Um, one thing I, I just thought about was also just the way that the old general is portrayed um, and how, kind of his evolution throughout the film. Um, we get a couple shots of him wandering through the corridors in the middle of the night right before he's about to go Dick Cheney on everyone. Um, the, the first one uh, uh, is like early in the film when he ends up shooting at his wife. and. I thought it was interesting going from the first one to the second one. And the second one, he just looks way more like an old man and way more feeble. Mm -hmm. And I thought it was interesting the way that they show like this very, very aged man um, who has committed these like horrific atrocities and just showing him uh, just as he is, as like kind of just this pathetic, old, feeble, uh, falling apart old man that's probably going to die sooner than later. Even if, uh, even without the uh, assistance of his uh, of his wife. Yeah, no, for sure. Uh, yeah, it is. It is. Um, it is an evolution because I mean, the very first scene that you see him, he's not just not feeble. Like he's he's, he's the first thing you see him is when the attorney is talking not just to him but to all the other generals and like, you know, former war criminals. Uh, and you know, some of them are scared of the trial because you know they're like, "We're old. If we go to jail, it'll be like for life, literally." And then the the, the old man like basically makes like it's like there's like you guys cannot should, should not be afraid. What we did was for the nation. We saved this country or some something like that. You know, and like he's still acting like this like strong man. Um, yeah, he has no remorse. Oh no! Like he not he literally has no regrets. No, um, but like later on, you're, you're you know he's having trouble breathing, uh, which he blames on the mold instead of the fact that he's smoking everywhere. Uh, <laughs> uh, I mean, the dude is literally smoking in a, in an ambulance. But anyways, <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, he's the kind of like sociopathic guy that just like it's like blames it on someone else it's like never his fault right right but I mean, thank is... god we've never had someone like that in power right anyways <laughs> go ahead <laughs> hey you know if it wasn't for someone else in power we wouldn't have 
immunization in like for another 20 years. Don't forget that. <laughs> yeah. Um, That's true. You're welcome, America. <laughs> <laughs> it was almost great again. Almost. <laughs> Just too many, too many Latinos coming into this country. Yeah. <laughs> um, and Asians too, with the Wuhan virus. Yeah, yeah. Anyways. Uh, is that here? Sorry, there's a beeping in my place. That's okay. Um, anyways, uh, yeah, no, what I was saying is that, yeah, he starts off really strong and then his death is really pathetic. I do, lo do love how pathetic his death is. I mean, like, the guy is in underwear, you know, wearing like a, a dirty tank top. Yeah. Um, he can barely breathe. Like, he probably would have died even if he wasn't choked that night. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah. And, I mean, like, his wife towers over him. I mean, like, this is not, like, a physically imposing guy. Like, it's no. not the fucking rock. I mean, the, the wife was big. Sure, sure, sure. She's, she's, but still, I mean, I think it's interesting the way that they physically show him. And he's, like... He's like this guy that was once powerful and politically powerful and militarily powerful, but he's really not scary at all. Mm -hmm. No, I know, I know. It's uh, and it's nice. It's nice because that's 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 what it is, right? Like, he's an old man. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I like that observation. Um. Yeah, but uh, all in all, what would you rate this? Good question. I, you know, I, I, I my main complaint, uh, I think, is probably the same as yours. I just wish it tried to do something else. I think it succeeded quite well at what it wanted to do. Mm -hmm. um, it's a relatively simple film, and I think it's a well done film. So, uh, I was originally going to come in at a seven, but right now I'm like at a seven or an eight. Uh, it's probably what I'd say. Yeah, what me too. You? Me too. Around seven, seven, seven or eight. Um, yeah, and who won? Oh man, um, I'm gonna give it to the director. I think, I think he uh, had a good vision on this, and I think he executed it uh, quite well. Mm. Yeah, I'm I'm split between the director and um, and Mar Ma uh, and Maria Mercedes Croy Alma. Those two were, Alma, okay. Yeah, those yeah, two yeah. were very uh, powerful. But um, no, I'll go with Alma. With uh, yeah. Maria Mercedes Coroy. I think uh, she's really good at. Uh, I mean, even though she appeared like she wasn't from the very beginning, she had a huge presence. Although, I will say that um, Margarita Genetic, or the one who plays Carmen, uh, the man's wife, also was a very uh, interesting character. I agree. Yeah, she did a good job too. We we haven't really talked about her much, but hers is probably the one where she's actually juggling real guilt about her family, um, and uh, and watching her struggle with it would probably be the whole other movie or the whole other expansion of the film that we're talking about. I think in other films she would probably be like the clear lead, but here she's one of the uh, three or four family members. Right. I mean, like, yeah, the the daughter, I think, was originally, I, I'm very curious whether or not at some moment they wanted the daughter to be the main character, on, but yes, she was, like, outshined by the intrigue of Alma. Mm-hmm. Could be, could be, yeah. Yeah, yeah no, I give it a, I, I, I say people should watch this. It's a good movie. Um, also, I mean, for being the, first uh, Guatemalan movie I've seen good for you Guatemala good movies <laughs> yeah very professional yeah I mean yeah no I mean, solid film um so what are you do what are we doing uh, for our next episode we are going back to Italy into the rural countryside this time out okay. of the urban centers of Rome and Milan and I'm going to be doing a film called don't torture a duckling don't torture a duckling. That's right. Good life advice. Okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that, that's a bad thing. Yeah. Yeah. You know, 
Yeah, it's right. It's listed right after "Thou shalt not kill." Don't torture a duckling. Yeah, and uh, you know, don't kick kittens. Yeah, yeah, that's number three. The three yeah, tenets. Don't strangle puppies. Like all of those are. I <laughs> that think. one didn't make the cut. They're they're gonna put it in, and then they cut it right before <laughs> release. The publisher didn't didn't care for that. Not a dog person, I guess. Yeah, fuck dogs. Um, <laughs> all right, all right. Well, thank you everyone for listening to another episode of Film to Film. As you know, if you have any ideas, questions, comments, opinions, you can email those at zafilmtofilm at gmail.com or you can tweet them to us at zafilmtofilm on Twitter. Correct. All right. Uh, okay, well, I hope everyone has a good uh, night and a good next week. Yeah, Bye. we'll see you next time. See ya.